What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and you're tuned in to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. I'm joined by my partners in crime in the digital studio. We got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, my friend? Not much. Just happy to be here again uh, doing these shows with you guys. Uh, Last week's episode was great. Um, Please let us know if you're liking what we're doing. Uh, Comment, tweet us, let us know. Uh, Again, we'll be giving the information out at the end of the show but let us know you know what you guys are thinking about about the additions and the changes to the show so but again i am greatly you know happy to be here thank you <laughs> oh yeah new year started off all nice and nice and dandy yes it did <laughs> all right good good you know the funny thing is i just i just exchanged christmas gifts with my mom <laughs> just last night and we're recording on the 13th of january yeah well, it takes time. You know, you were saying. Well, no, it, 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 I tell you, whatever this bug that has been going around has just been kicking everyone's butt. And, yep. you know, that's that's the cause of it. But also with us in the digital studio, we got Trader Joe, the food max of gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, dude? Uh, not much, man. It's just I'm amazed every time you strain to reach that note. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna great. take you out for some karaoke or something, you know. <laughs> no, we'll from, do, if you have me with you, it's gonna be croaking. Croak? No, like, no, like no, croaky No, no, karaoke uh, is croaking. Croaky No, no, we'll, we'll do all the like you know the good stuff that we don't have to like reach the high notes. You know, we'll like do whip it, uh, rock lobster, Gilligan's Island theme. You think of it, you know, it's like, we'll just, we'll just roll it, man. We'll, we'll like to do the theme song for, uh, what, uh, perfect strangers, you know, we'll just, we'll do all the hits, all the hot hits. Do the, yeah. the, 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 the love, the, um, the alcoholic levels that would require, that would be required to get me to get up on any kind of stage and sing in front of a whole bunch of people. Uh, I think I'd probably die of alcohol poisoning before that even happened. So... <laughs> Don't say that. Come on. Wow. No, no, no. Now, once you, you know, get up on stage, it's just like an ugly duckling turning into a beautiful swan. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) We forget. This is what you guys are tuning into. This right here. This banter right here. Thank you so much. No. Mm -mm. No problem. I will. I will spare. I will spare whatever whatever uh, public would be in that karaoke bar. The the wrath of my singing voice. I, I only I only torture our listeners with just a few milliseconds of it. So, <laughs> well, um, I sorry to derail my uh, intro, but yeah, I'm doing okay. Everything's good <laughs> on there. Uh, GameStop is still giving me all sorts of wonderful blessings this new year. So, um, you know, I've been taking full advantage of things. So, so, uh, but otherwise now everything, everything's cool. So boost weekend still or the boost weekend related deal still going, going strong. No, no, the, the boost is said and gone, gone, but uh, basically there's still some good trade promos going on right now. And, uh, you know, 
you know, you, if you have games you want to trade in, obviously that's a good thing. If you have games at other retail establishments you want to trade in, they're still available. So even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, it's all all about liberating a game from the red box kiosk to liberate <laughs> giving them to your local GameStop employees for them to sell to other people for about triple or quadruple the the amount that you paid for them <laughs> they're giving you like i think double the amount they're charging quadruple the amount so everyone wins everyone makes money so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah well you know speaking of making money uh we're going to slide into our main event and a company that's going to be making a lot of money at least for me is nintendo and they because they had a direct We're going to talk a little bit about the Nintendo Direct that uh, Nintendo graced us with. What was that, Friday? This uh, it wasn't yesterday. It was Thursday. earlier in the week. Yeah, it Thursday. might have been Thursday. I think it was Thursday because yeah. that's okay. when everyone Thursday. started, you know, really uh, flooding the airwaves with like, you know, oh, my God, what's coming out? Nintendo Direct. <laughs> We're going to get more of these or whatever. So It was, it was Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I did not watch. I did not watch it live. I watched a re a rebroadcast of it uh, Friday morning. Uh, so that, that's why I was thinking it, it had it had aired uh, or late Friday morning rather. So I thought it would edit it had aired earlier that day. But <clears throat> I know just from my initial just looking at it as a whole. Just a quick syn uh, synopsis of it, just from my own personal uh, perspective. I liked what I saw. I think I had I purchased a lot of those games their first time through, uh, my interest would be a little bit lower. But even though I had a Wii U, I really didn't have a whole lot of stuff for it. I bought it for a couple of games, primarily um, <clears throat> Mario Kart and... Uh, the uh, the Mario uh, Smash Brothers, yeah, the fighting game Smash Brothers, and that's really the only games that I had for it. I had a few other games that I bought for my nieces and nephews to play when they came over, and that's really about it. So by the time I I sold off the Wii U, there was a lot of content that I missed out on, and the fact that I only had a DS. Uh, towards the latter part of last year, there's a ton of games that I missed, in, including some of the uh, remasters or remixes, whatever you want to call them, that are going to be coming to the Switch. Um, I never had the opportunity or uh, never had the chance to play those. So I liked what I saw. So um, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Uh, your, what's your initial imp your impression overall of the of the Direct? Yeah, Joe, what do you think? Um, you know, for what they did and what they announced, I think uh, they're just trying to fill in the gaps, in my opinion. Um, they're obviously with the few Nintendo-related announcements, you know, ports of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Mario Tennis, uh, Hyrule Warriors that, uh, you know, they're trying to at least bring like one significant game a month on there. And if they need to bring games from, you know, prior platforms like the wii u hey guess what it's not that big of a deal 
on there. I was actually excited to see Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition being announced because uh, I do have it for the Wii U, but uh, to me to have like the uh, changes from Hyrule Warrior Legends on the 3DS um, be put onto a console version to me uh, would be like the optimum thing because of the fact of having the full screen to play it on. And I, hey, guess what? If I want to play it portable, I can go play it portable. You know, it's just... Uh, I think the performance drop-off from the 3DS version of Hyrule Warriors versus the uh, Wii U version was significant enough where I ditched the 3DS version. So, mm-hmm. on that, uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I think the game kind of got overlooked on the Wii U because it was on the Wii U. So, I think they'll get a, a little bit more attention towards the uh, game on the Switch and then... Also with the Mario Tennis, we'll have to see what improvements uh, come about. I know, I know you bought that game for a hot minute, I think, Kevin. And uh, I know you. Tropical Freeze. No, I'm talking about Mario Tennis. Mario. Mario Tennis. Well, yeah, I did, and I I didn't like it. Um, My I kept it for my uh, uh, nieces and nephews to play. They played it a couple of times, and they weren't all that enthused with it either. Um, Really, my. My impression, though, was that Aces was a new game. No, is it a is it a port of the Wii U version? Correct. Oh well, my my excitement just dropped considerably then. For, <laughs> yeah. <for that. laughs> yeah, it didn't look it didn't look like it. Like that was, was one thing. Like I was hoping that we were going to be getting a new like Donkey Kong game. It seems like that's something with, that they would be able to do, or 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 is within their wheelhouse. So I was just kind of like, huh, all right, like. Just like you guys are saying, just to echo it, like, I, yeah, it sounds cool, you know, but I was kind of like, you know, I really wish it was just some new stuff, you know, <laughs> some, some but, new, new stuff. Know, I, I'm kind of in a different arena because I missed out on a lot of this stuff, both on the Wii U and on, and on yeah. the things that from the DS. But for you guys who've been in the, the uh, Nintendo ecosystem for a lot longer uh des what's what's your impression of it it uh, is your the fact that some of these you had access to a lot of these games uh kind of lessen your excitement for overall for what was shown or well I'm how are you feeling about it i don't think you know this kev but i i i stopped at the wii i never got a wii u Really? I thought you had a Wii U. No, I never got it. I got a Wii, and then um, I was disappointed with it. And when the Wii U came out, and Joe was all, "You getting a Wii U?" and I'm like, "Didn't I just buy a Wii like like a, like a year ago?" Or a year and a half? <laughs> I was like, "Why would I spend some more money?" And I was just like, "Nope." So I haven't. I just haven't touched anything. So I just play. I would just play it when I went to Joe's house, and I just lived, you know, vicariously through him and. And I played my uh, 3DS, so I was I am much more a 3DS fan. So I'm in the same boat because I never I haven't really I haven't really played these games uh, that are coming out. So so on one hand, I'm I'm interested and very excited uh, for this because I'll be able to finally experience those games. But on the other hand, I really wish it was something new that could push this um, this new system, you know. Uh, I think it's great to to remaster or re-edit or whatever whatever the re re is. I think it's great to do that because it 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 opens it up to possibly a new artist that did not uh, sorry a new a new um, population that didn't have the original system in which those games came out. So I think that's great. 
Um, I think I do think it's a little bit of cheating at the same time, you know, because you really should be trying to innovate and go forward with it as well. So I am of two minds with this, um, but I probably will be picking up some of these games just to play them uh, for the first time. So, oh, one thing I read just right now about Mario Tennis Aces is that, uh, you know, it can, can be considered a new title because of the fact that they're adding an entire single-player RPG mode to the game. I'm not sure yeah. as far as what the shell is as far as the tennis gameplay, whether it's from the Wii U uh, version uh, on there. Obviously, the Wii U uh, version of Mario Tennis didn't get that good of a critical re- uh, review even from nintendo um enthusiasts on there so kevin you're probably in the same boat as everyone else that they were real not really impressed with uh, the prior mario tennis on the wii u on there so because uh, yeah a lot of people just didn't like uh that version of the game on there so i never had a chance to play in fact i just picked it up over the holidays because it was cheap uh at target um, but uh, as soon as i saw that they announced this i traded the game in uh the day of on thursday so because yeah um mario tennis ultra smash wasn't the, exactly the most popular game i mean i picked it up on clearance for 12 bucks so it's like wow. <laughs> you know, exactly. oh, yeah. yeah yeah i think the last mario well the mario tennis that i remember i'll say that is was on the GameCube. I played the heck out of that game, but it was so long ago that I don't remember a whole lot of the the mode. There, I remember there were a lot of modes. It wasn't just you know regular standard tennis playing. Where there were power moves, power smashes, and then you had like these um, these skill levels that you could do where you're hitting those uh, snapping plants and it was just a lot of there was just a lot of meat to it, and I really enjoyed it. And, I mean, the GameCube was an awesome system overall, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. um, I really haven't. That was the last Mario Tennis that I played, and since getting the the when I got the three the two DS rather two DS XL last late last year, I was thinking, wow, you know, I'll be able to play these. Uh, Sports titles, because I'm not a sports game fan, but I do like arcadified sports games. Um, those are fun to me. And uh, come to find out that some of those, like the Mario Tennis, the, some of the sports games with that are Mario-fied, uh, really aren't that good either. <laughs> so It just depends. Uh, it just depends. Yeah. Uh, I I love Mario Tennis, but I liked it on the Game Boy Advance specifically. But you know, it just depends. It's, has it been a real like top of the line Mario Tennis game since then? On there, like the 3DS one was kind of flat on there, and the the Wii U one was kind of derated on there. I know they keep giving it to this uh, company called Camelot to develop, and Camelot I think is kind of. Uh, sailed on, uh, unfortunately, as far as their uh, game development prowess is concerned on there. Though they're the team that previously did the Shining Force series back in the 90s, so um, they're kind of stuck doing Mario <laughs> sports games on there. So, <laughs> on there, so but uh, hopefully, it's not Camelot and it's maybe Nintendo proper or some other developer that might be able to you know massage a little bit better uh, gameplay experience with that. So, okay. 
Well, let's go into some of the games that that was that were announced on this uh, Nintendo Direct. So, Joe, why don't you hit us with a little bit of that? Okay. Yeah, I think the uh, the um, Direct started announcing the uh, remix version, the final remix version of The World Ends With You on that. Um, that's coming out for the Switch. Uh, this game originally came out on the DS. Uh, almost uh, or a little over 10 years ago on there. So um, there's going to be a brand new epilogue that will shed new light on the game's already awesome story on there. And you'll be able to use the Joy-Cons or the touchscreen to make your way uh, through the game on there. So um, it's, it's, I don't know. I've never had a chance to play this. It's in my uh back catalog of DS games to play. I don't know why I never had a chance to try it out, but a lot of people hold this game in high esteem on there. I know it's out on both uh, iPhone and Android platforms, I think, and it's a paid app, so it's like around, I think, 15 to $20 for this game on a mobile on there. Uh, Desmond, have you ever, ever, ever had a chance to play this uh, back in the day? Uh, I did, uh, very sparingly. Um, I did not play it as much as I... As much as I'd like, um, I played a copy of it that you had actually. So, <laughs> yeah, because I think there was two different control schemes on it. I believe yeah. you controlled the game on your um, controller. Plus, you also had to uh, use a touchpad as well in unison, at least on the DS at the time. And I know controls are kind of tricky, from what I remember people talking about the game on there. So, but uh, one of the things about the after this thing's been announced is that a lot of people have been kind of a little bit uh, up in arms a bit because of the fact that this game at least placeholder prices on both Amazon and GameStop have this game retailing for $60. Wait, what? (laughs) Yep. And a lot of people were like, you know, kind of up in arms, like, you know, because this is a Square Enix published title. So uh, if Square Enix publishes this game for 60 bucks on the Switch, I don't know, man. Um, I probably won't be buying it. I mean, I just, won't be buying it either. I I'm mean, like, I, I just know I just won't buy buying it. I'm not trying I to be go, mean or anything, but just, no, nope. no, no. I could I could go back, grab the game out of my DS library, throw it in my 3DS, and there you go. I have the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and even though I know the game's gotten a little pricey, I mean, hell, if I want to just download and play it on my phone, I could play it on my phone too. You know, so so I'll we'll have to see how that kind of shakes out. But hopefully, Square Enix will get on top of that and see. I mean, if if it's it is sixty bucks, well. Uh, nice, nice to see you. But um, I might pick it up later, either when it's discounted or I could find a used copy of it. So that's uh, I, I love supporting my publishers, but at the same time, the publishers need to support me too. So, <laughs> so what um, you think this should be like a forty, fifty dollar title? Oh no, 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 no. For, forty, forty would be um, bearable. I think more like twenty nine yeah. or nineteen probably be the best i mean it should equal i mean granted you're manufacturing a cartridge so i think maybe 29.99 would be probably um the sweet spot i think mm-hmm. for it but uh because you know sometimes i know on some switch games um 
like I know with LA Noir, I believe it was like a um, ten dollars more on the Switch than it was on uh, the three PS4 and the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's just because of that whole manufacturing of the cartridge, you know, versus just pressing a CD, <laughs> whether that's in the mix. But you know, Nintendo and their um, proprietary <laughs> uh, cartridges, you know, they're the only ones that can manufacture it for you. So hey, guess what? <laughs> you know, don't pay. <laughs> well, past that, cost along to the consumer. you don't pay. Yeah, <laughs> trickle down economics, folks. That's how it works. You don't pay. <laughs> All right, and another th- game that was unveiled, which is pretty much was so heavily hinted that we saw pictures of Chibi Robo in a like a, a, a flaming. Uh, stance is that Dark Souls Remastered was announced for the Switch. It's coming out on May 26th on there. Um, and basically, it's bringing the game to the Switch, of course. Uh, From Software is working on this to be able to port this over to the Switch on there. Um, basically, what's going on with that, too, is that it was also announced right at the same time for both uh, Xbox One and also PlayStation 4 on that. So it's, and also PC on there. So they're remastering the game. You know, they did state that they're going to have 4K resolution on the Xbox One X and also on the PlayStation 4 Pro on there. And, um, you know, uh, from what I read, and there was like a little, little bit of hubbub. There's some things still in the air right now as far as Dark Souls is concerned. Uh, some PC owners wanted to know if they're going to have to pay full price for it again. And um, there still hasn't been consistent messaging on that as of yet. I hope they do it like they did with Bethesda did with Skyrim. And for people that own the Defensive Edition on Steam already, they were able to get the um, remastered version, I believe. It was like free. a free update, right? It was a free update, yeah. You know, I wouldn't put it beyond Namco Bandai to actually recharge again for this, and hopefully they don't on there. So, because um, I was doing a little bit more research before the show, and uh, I think it's confused as far as if this was going to be like a, um, they're going to take the code and put it on the new like Dark Souls 3 engine and have HDR lighting support, and they're not having any sort of HDR support uh, for either the Xbox One X or PC or PlayStation 4 Pro that uh, that they are basically just, you know, um, you know, getting the turtle wax out and shining up the code, but not necessarily doing anything more than that other than bring it out for uh, current gen consoles on there. And so. So it's like a copy save as type of deal. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Does it it's look cheaper. Like <laughs> well, it should reflect the fact that the game's retailing for I think fifty dollars, forty nine ninety nine, which I don't know for a remaster if that's a little bit high for you guys or not. I know with you know your um, inevitable discounts like you know Gamers Club Unlock at Best Buy and Prime discounts on Amazon, that's going to come in for fifty bucks. I mean forty bucks versus fifty bucks on there. So, but uh, is fifty uh, fifty bucks for a remastered version of Dark Souls too high of a price? You guys think? Um, for me personally, I, the, the Souls games never really spoke to me. Uh, I tried them over at Damon's house and then it's, it's, the whole, the, the whole, uh, I don't know. It, it, it just, uh, the difficulty really wasn't, isn't what turned me off. It was just, I just, 
for whatever reason, the gameplay just didn't seem fun to me. Gotcha. But I would think that this would be one of those. Um, I think this is, this should be one of those forty dollar forty dollar titles because most of the people, who is this for? When you stop and think about, it? I mean, it's a cult classic. Um, the Souls folks have already played it uh, eight ways to Sunday. So, are you trying? If you're trying to get more people who maybe missed out on it the first time through. You got to have a compelling price point. So, you know, that 40 or less really probably should be the the target mark for the when it goes to shelves, I would think. Yeah. yeah at some point, I might get there. And it's also cool it's on the Switch because obviously you can play it on the go on there. So we'll have to see how that goes off. Are you any interest in Dark Souls Remastered, Desmond? Um... No, <laughs> no, okay. I just don't have I, I, like I played it, you know, it was fun. I don't need to play it on my on my switch. So, OK, I think it's just again, I think it's just I think a lot of this is just the Nintendo and the switch catching up, you know? Yeah. You know, they're like, like, hey, we're here. You know, we got stuff for you. And yeah. I, I'm down with it. I think it's great. It's just, you know, they need to just come come a little faster with it. So, yeah. I pre-ordered this game already, but I pre-ordered for PlayStation 4. I didn't pre-order it for the Switch on here. And the reason why is that it would be good for me to be able to play this game because this game has a lot of asymmetrical gameplay, meaning, you know, the Souls formula is that uh, you run across various random people that are playing that could either, you know, hurt you or help you depending on the, the way everything kind of plays out. So to me, to be able to kind of dip my toe back in there, because I dabbled in the original Dark Souls, but I never really played it too much, um, that uh, I want to get into the Souls games a little bit. Uh, I've been meaning to play them in the past. I just haven't. And uh, uh, to me, 50 bucks is okay on there, but it's not the greatest, but uh, it is what it is, though. On it. I didn't want it on the Switch because, uh, you know, right now, you know, I, I, I don't think I'll be able to play this game in, in like 10, 15 minute chunks at work you know, on break. So. Well, I don't know. So. You know, I don't know. I, th- I think actually this game might actually be pretty good for that because you can just kind of turn it on, run around, test your skill on something and then, you know, pause it. It is a yeah. it is a pseudo. I mean, it is an open world type of game. You're just running around you know getting killed by shit so i think i think it actually i think it might actually work it might be one of the things that's going for it uh um, yeah is that you can just kind of shut it down and then come back to it w- when you want to so i mean I, i'm actually like that might not be a bad thing yeah maybe even for you but i don't know but for you it's, you're like you're like nope <laughs> you need to <laughs> no no to me that's just like i i would rather if i'm gonna play for a little bit like that just to like do a like an um turn-based rpg or something where i know on where i'm at and that kind of thing so or like you know at work maybe i'll boot up like a mario game and go through a um you know a particular level and then finish the level and then save and kind of thing so mm-hmm. so to me, I think Dark Souls is a type of game where I want to put my surround sound headset on and turn out the lights and uh, sit down with it and get kind of get immersed in it. Boost You're not up getting the surround sexy sound. with it, right? You know, no, 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 no sexiness. You know, even though I, I could, I, I could roll with that. You know, wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could come up with a joke or two, but I'm not going to. Yeah, so. do that. <laughs> I know. 
All right. Other news in the direct. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey is getting an update. So uh, there is a Luigi's Balloon World mode on there. Also, Mario is getting some new outfits, including an outfit themed after Mario's uh, Sunshine, a uh, musician hat and outfit, and a dark helmet and armor, which seems pretty timely with the Dark Souls remastered <laughs> announcement on that. So um, the, the mode, the Luigi's Balloon World, uh, basically players that have finished the main story of Odyssey will be able to hide balloons or find them in other players' games, giving the opposite player 30 seconds to f- try to find the balloon hidden by other players on there. So also they um, integrating a, a new filters and options for players to utilize in the game's photo mode on there as well. So a little disappointed in that. I was actually kind of hoping... I was actually kind of hoping to be able to play as Luigi. Agreed. Yeah, uh, in the in the game, um, I'm not expecting a whole. Uh, it would be really cool if a side quest or a side story DLC content uh, could have come out in the Odyssey world focused on Luigi. But I would have been cool with just being able to play as him with his his unique. Uh, abilities, you know, because really, you know, Luigi's always got kind of, you know, maybe been a little bit qu- uh, quicker, but he's been able to jump higher, and he's always had like one or two little gimmicks that Mario uh, couldn't do. Uh, in like in uh, the what was it, the Super Mario 3D Land games? Um, I was kind of hoping to see something like that applied to Odyssey. So this is a little disappointing to me. I don't know how you guys feel. What do you think? No, I, I, I agree. Like I would have loved to have played as him. Like I don't know why he's not, but but whatever. You know, it's it, it is Super Mario Odyssey. But even, but again, having a a a small little you know taste of you know little little bit. Of, just like a small little um, adventure would have been mm-hmm. fun. But, mm. yeah, to me, do. too. You know, I think Luigi would have been nice to add. I mean, I know that some people out there wish that Super Mario Odyssey had an actual DLC plan like um, Zelda did or Xenoblade Chronicles X. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, excuse me. <laughs> I got Xenoblade Chronicles X on the mind mm-hmm. a bit. But, uh, um it's you know maybe we'll see a new game. I mean they had um, I think on the Wii U they had a new Super Mario, new Super Luigi U that came out that was an expansive uh, new Super Mario Brothers on the Wii U that uh, had Luigi all up in the mix on there. It was the year of Luigi with his uh, I think uh, anniversary I believe so on there so at that point so yeah, yeah it definitely see. doesn't mean it's not coming but it would have been cool to see. <laughs> to see that because this this seems a little um that was really the only thing that i was that was that i was disappointed in in the direct was the uh the the odyssey uh content that was coming that's a little little shallow a little light but hey it's a free update so yeah all right, and then other news, as we said before, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is coming to the Nintendo Switch in May. On there, on May the 4th, it's coming out. Uh, the new version of the game will all also have a beginner-friendly mode starring Funky Kong 
on there and where players can hover, perform infinite rolls and underwater corkscrews, double jump and more to make the game more approachable to new players on that. Um, the Switch version will also include local co-op multiplayer on there with each of the Switch Joy-Con controllers to uh, wrangle your man hands into painful objects of destruction on there. So uh joy cons are not the optimum thing <laughs> i don't know if you guys played multiplayer or have played just with one joy con but i yeah 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 that thing is just painful as all get out man so <laughs> i really have not touched my joy con since i got a pro controller yeah uh, it's 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 all pro it's all pro for me um i I know in Odyssey, they really, really, really want to push you toward using those Joy-Cons because he's got a bunch of motion-sensitive moves, Mario does. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm straight on that, on that Pro Controller. I, I don't need to touch them things at all, really. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I'll buy a couple extra ones for my nieces and nephews when they come over and, you know, want to play, but play Mario Kart. But because uh, I, I, I ain't cranking out, you know, 150, 150, what, 150 bucks for two additional <laughs> pro controllers for them. Yeah, I don't blame you. Well, really, I'm, and actually I'm trying cranking out another 80 because those um, – those uh, Joy Cons are uh, are 160 because those Joy Cons are 80 bucks a pay, 80 bucks, right? There's something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Hey, no, no, I hey, think they're. I think I think they were. Ex- well, yeah, I think they are either 60 or 80. I think, and it's one of the two. When I was doing price price checks, um, so I still haven't gotten a Pro controller yet, and I I need to like ASAP. So especially after Pro controller this, might be the better deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pro controller. Yeah. I, I just I just need I know I need to do it like ASAP because this is gonna be bad news bears over here. Oh I've seen the pro controller on sale. In fact I'm looking at a page right now where it's on sale it's for sixty bucks at New Egg right now with free shipping. So it's not too too bad. Granted it's not like, you know, where the DualShock 4 and the Xbox One controllers usually go on sale for 40 sometimes. Still not the uh, the most, you know, price. Um, it's not, like, cheap per se, but you, you do get the benefit of uh, Nintendo for whatever reason. They kind of hook up the battery life on their controllers a lot more than Sony or Microsoft. You know, Microsoft, you just <laughs> relying on batteries or a battery pack, for God's sake, and then... Uh, playstations charge you know most playstation owners just like myself i mean we own more than one dual shock at least because it's a requirement with the battery life of the damn controllers so yeah i think it's only like three hours or something like that three or yeah, four depending um, yeah. yeah i i although i just have a i just have a usb cable running from my <laughs> from my console to my controller so for for long sessions uh that I I I make sure it holds a charge, but the what you might want to look for, Des, is the GameStop refurbs because that's where I got mine, and uh, I paid forty bucks for it. I mean, it, I got I I got some uh, a bump a reduction for being a, a an elite member, but it was it was forty bucks. Okay, I'm gonna definitely have to try for that. the uh, GameStop refurb. 
Thank you. All right. Another game that was unveiled at the on the direct happened to be Kirby Star Allies that got a release date of March 16th. This is a Kirby game that was first shown at E3 with just a generic a header title. You know, new Kirby games being worked on. So on there um basically this direct showed some gameplay footage from star allies in addition to the release date uh includes artists and spider abilities and also in- introduced new friend abilities that will integrate into the game's co-op elements on there the friend abilities will allow kirby and friends to combine powers for unique attacks to fight off foes uh, which will have some interesting elements for the abilities and powers a player have come to know and love from kirby games for years on there so uh, along with the new friend abilities kirby will also be able to utilize a new item called the friend heart that can invite other players into <laughs> a game but also turn kirby's enemies into friends that could be added to his party and assist in his adventures on there so so kirby's coming out march 16th probably at a full nice 60 dollars retail price obviously it's a new game for the switch so um i know kevin you're probably all over this right I am there. I am a 46-year-old man that loves Kirby. Kirby's my favorite Nintendo mascot. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm there. And and my little my little niece, uh, her grandmother bought her bought well bought both of them uh, two DSs for Christmas last year. So. I bought them Kirby uh, Planet Robo, and uh, I haven't had a chance to give it to them yet, and they don't listen to the show, so it's not a spoiler. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I will be grabbing this, and I will be playing with my my grand nieces in uh, multiplayer shenanigans with Kirby. So, and I don't feel bad about that one bit. No, in fact, uh, Halloween. Did you want to maybe? Uh... Uh, you'll dress up as Kirby. I'll do his Waddle Dee and then what? The... Oh, no. Desmond, will you be Meta Knight? We'll go hook it up. Uh, the gaming game vessels uh, Halloween extravaganza. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll defer to Kevin on that one. I will defer to Kevin on that, that is one. That's a negative, sir. <laughs> wow. is okay, I'll dress up as Kirby since you don't like pink, you know. I just don't. I, I, the, the, there, are, there are limits to even my uh, uh, juvenile antics. I oh, think okay. Joe would take even, it too far. Even for me, you even know? for me, a guy that 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 will, will play a Kirby game in a heartbeat, I will not dress up as anything. And well, I just think Joe would take it too far, and he would, you know, <laughs> run around naked, dressed all in pink, you know, <laughs> colored pink, and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, so. I, I am happy standing at the doorway handing out Hot Wheels <laughs> to kids. That's what I do every Halloween, so. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I'll be. <laughs> negative on that one. All right. In other news on the Nintendo Direct, uh, Nintendo has announced, as we mentioned earlier, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition uh, coming out in spring 2018 on there. So that's going to bring all the content from the Wii U and the 3DS versions of the game, 29 playable characters, and they also have brand new content in the form of new outfits based on the uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for both Link and Zelda. So uh, you'll be able to see that out in the Nintendo Switch in spring 2018 on there. I did not check to see what the suggested retail price is. Hopefully it's not 60 bucks. If it is, don't know, but... 
Um, excited to pick this up. I mean, there's not enough, you know, Musou games in my life. I hell, well, I need another one just to add to the bunch, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> any of you guys going to pick it up? I know Kevin, you probably will definitely think about it, right? I'll be getting it because even though I bought it for the Wii U, I never played it. Or I or, no wait, I did play it, but I I played it, didn't play it a lot. I liked it. But by that, by the time I actually picked it up, I decided that the Wii U was going away uh, to fund my PC build. So uh, I really, I didn't get a chance to get into the meat and potatoes of the game. So yeah, this is a a definite purchase for me. I'll probably, I, pick, I probably will will play it at your house, uh, Joe. Oh, okay, and then and then if I like it, pick it up. I don't know. Um, I find it very hard sometimes to get into other Musou games besides Dynasty Warriors. It's just I'm just so used to playing that. And with the open world version coming out of Dynasty Warriors 9, I just don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would like to open it up and explore, you know, the, the Musou element in other franchises. So maybe. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm not actually, opposed to it. I don't think I'm going to be buying on launch. I own Hyrule Warriors for the Wii U still, and uh, I got a couple of Dragon Warrior uh, uh, Musou games to get to. Uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, of course. Uh, and so, plus add Dynasty Warriors 9 to the mix, plus uh, the latest Sengoku Basara that I haven't played, which is the uh, Musou game from Capcom, and I'm adding all sorts of Musou back. I have a specific Musou backlog. I could probably go and grab some games in my back catalog. And so I'll, I'll wait to see uh, what retail price this is going to come out as. And uh, hell, I need to play Breath of the Wild. That's what I really need to do before worrying about buying another uh, Switch game. So and there you hear it first. Moderation from Trader Joe. Ding, 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 ding. We're not the date and the time. So. <laughs> And then last but not least, uh, what was announced um, during the Nintendo Direct is NIS America uh, is going to be teaming up with SNK Corporation to release SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy on the Nintendo Switch. And also coming off of PlayStation 4, that was not mentioned on the Switch, uh, on the Nintendo Direct in summer 2018 on there. So uh, SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy hosts a handful of iconic SNK fighters from the SNK library of female characters. Surprise, surprise, this game will be a two versus two 2D fighter with special moves activating with a single button press. On there, so uh, game is going to be be able to play online, of course, with multiple modes, including a spectate mode where players can wager in-game points on who will win a match. On there, uh, points can buy voice clips, accessories for costumes, and other customization options. On there, so um, got a chance to check that out. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the? whole um snk female fighting gay lore uh going on for the switch and the uh, ps4 um it's interesting i don't know i i don't know enough about the 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 system the fighting system to really see if if it's going to be something that i would be interested in playing uh, as far as the tag stuff, my hands are going to be tied with uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag and Dragon Ball Fighters. So I don't know if I really have room on my plate for another tag game, uh, particularly on the 
what kind of seems like um, I don't know, uh, kind of like one of those uh, really, really, really casual type. I just got a really casual vibe from 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 the the video footage that was shown. Um, not you know, and again, I don't know what the fighting system is. I don't know if it's borrowing from King of Fighters uh, fourteen, thirteen, or what, uh, with regards to with regards to his mechanics. But I just got a real casual feel from what I saw. So I don't know. That's um, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll I'll be reading up and getting other fighting uh enthusiasts impressions on the game once you know once people get their hands on it but it's in it's in a holding pattern for me right now i echo yeah, what me. kevin said <laughs> oh, okay you know i, I, I'm, I, I'm, I you know i'm not going to get the uh, super the greatest mode on this the collector's edition but i'm definitely interested to see just like you kevin to see how um it's going to kind of shake out on there so um i probably have room for one more uh, especially if it's more casual uh, fighting game in my life of course uh, love love the fatal cutie um terry bogart hat that's included in the collector's edition by the way mm. <laughs> yes looks cool and then the art book and everything that might get me to mark out but uh we'll have to see you know whether this is snk's like you know um hopefully i don't hit with the multiple costume dlcs like uh, team ninja did with dead or alive on there that they keep it respectful on there uh one button supers eh, you know it is what it is you know uh, i just don't know what kind of uh overreach for casual players that will be especially since it's all female protagonists and looks like they're all fighting in um skintily clad like bikinis and that kind of thing you know different costumes and whatnot so mm, i can i can definitely see some dead or alive uh type uh flooding of the 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 marketplaces with uh downloadable outfits <laughs> i think this is kind of like the, and i i also uh remember seeing somewhere there was an issue uh this might have been on niche gamer or might have been one of the other websites there was a concern that that this game was going to be censored uh, with regards to some of the outfits that the girls are going to be wearing. And uh, there was an official statement from SNK stating that the game would not be censored at all in any of the regions in which the title was going to be unlocked. So when I saw that, um, I'm thinking this might be SNK's Dead or Alive. <laughs> you know, once the uh, once the DLC outfits start rolling out, maybe. So... Um, I don't know. It, it's it's in a nice little holding pattern for for me right now. I'll see how it shakes out. And some people are sensitive to censoring for the West and that kind of thing. So I think that's where that's all coming from because there's a is a specific movement in the um, enthusiasts. Uh, online saying that they don't want any of their content censored for the West down there. They want they want it full brunt from what is shown and is in the Japanese version. They don't want to see any censorship whatsoever. So, which you know, might not work sometimes for uh, companies on there. You know, maybe uh, Jap Japanese sensitivity is not 
something to be where it's uh, going to be as uh, open in the West on there. So I'm open for both sides, but as long as it's on, it had, if there's a reason to censor um, or a reason to change something, um, I would say, you know, go for it. But uh, that's that's what that whole article was about. So. Mm. All right, and that's pretty much the Nintendo Direct Mini. Obviously, it was a mini, so we didn't have too, too much uh, to go over, but still good to see some news leaking out in January on there. Usually, this time of year, you don't kind of, things kind of die down until GDC, so it's good to see Nintendo at least kind of letting people know where they're at and what the game plan is for the next few months, is at least so. Okay, so uh, with that, we concluded our little discussion on the Nintendo Direct. We're going to slide into our playlist. All right, Dez. So what has been in your play rotation this past week or so? Well, it's not really been a rotation because I've been really kind of uh, playing one game. Um, well, that's not true. Um, since the last time we spoke, I actually played two two games. I played um, uh, Yakuza uh, Kiwami. Um, mm. uh, Joe, of course, Mr. Fungul from Max Gaming got <laughs> me. Uh, he, he was able to, uh, you know, get me a deal, a new egg deal. And he's like, come and get it. It's like 15 bucks. And I was like, sweet. So I, you know, went online, bought it. And great. And I've been playing it. Um, and actually, and, and he- hearing Kevin gush about the series, I was like, "All right, let's see how this let's see how this plays." And I tell you, you know, it is it is like the peak of uh, Japanese crime drama uh, with video games, and actually being able to to kick the crap out of people is very you know gratifying. It's a good game. If you haven't picked it up, you definitely should. But the main game I've been playing this, uh, you know, uh, recently has been uh, Battle Chasers uh, Night War. Uh, I just very, very much love the game. It is fun. It's turn-based uh, combat, you know, goodness, role-playing game. It's it's fun. It's got an over-map. You can see the people you're getting ready to attack and engage with. Um, I like the... Like, it's got a crafting system. It's got, you know, perks you can get. It's got various other thing enchantments. Like, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of little nuances to this game that I did not expect that really, like, added to it, you know? It's just, I don't know. It's just something about this game just makes it... The sum of all of its parts makes it a great game, you know, even though, you know, it's it's not... It's not a triple A title. Um, it was you know, successfully kickstarted. I like the artist a lot. You know, uh, Joe Majiria was a, um, well, is a comic book artist and has worked for Marvel for quite a quite a long time. And he ventured into the gaming industry. And you know, he was the principal uh, artist behind the uh, uh, God, not God, um, Darkstalkers series. So, um, Darksiders. Darksiders. Dark thank Sider? you. Dark Siders, thank you. Uh, mm. I was getting my my Capcom, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I enjoy it. I love these characters. I collect the comic books when it came out. Um, so yeah, you know, revisiting these characters is fun. I enjoy it. Um, yeah, I definitely say uh, if you like you know turn based RPGs, 
you like a, a heavy comic book influenced style, uh, you're gonna like it. I was not expecting dub work. There's actually dub work in it. The dub's okay. You know, it's not like super great, but it's definitely serviceable for for what's going on. And I look forward to a second one. So yeah, I've really been enjoying the hell out of this game. So that's what I've been playing. So and that was a comic book, Battle Chasers, right? Correct, correct. Um, was that yeah, Image or Marvel? Uh, it was Image. It was Image. Okay. He was one of the secondary uh, young guns, quote unquote, to go to leave, you know, Marvel uh, to go to go uh, with Image, and it was one of the cliffhanger uh, was the imprint that was funded founded under Image, uh, and they did a whole bunch of their own books. Um, so this is one of them. Um, but of course, you know, other things pull you in a different direction. So, so the series is still, uh, incomplete. So you can definitely, uh, go and pick it up. It might cost you a pretty penny cause it's, it's out of print, but I do, they do say, check it out. His, his art is fantastic. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so Joe, uh, I'm scared to ask this, but what have you been playing my friend? Um, I'm still doing my usuals, which is basically, uh, um, basically a main course of destiny and a little side dash of not a hero and dragon quest eight on there. So, um, destiny two, of course, you know, I've talked about it ad nauseum on there. Um, pretty much what I did is I completed the, uh, curse of Osiris DLC last night on there. So it was happy with the conclusion of it i was falling asleep through the boss sections that yeah kind of funny but i still maintained i think one only time i died is when i fell off the map because i kept rolling back and just literally fell off but uh i didn't make me start the whole sequence again i was like literally at the point i was at the uh with the life bar of the boss being what it was so on there so from what i played it seemed like the story sequences are cool and then i'm looking forward to doing the exploration on mercury uh with brother vance on there i think it's pretty funny uh, did you say butter vance brother vance <laughs> oh, i know what so, yeah. i said butter vance and i'm like that sounds like a really cool name <laughs> butter vance so butter vance yeah well, if i may make a hunter eventually i'll probably name him butter vance but no, no. there you go <laughs> on that so uh played a bunch of crucible too um you know yesterday i had the day off and so you know far be it for me to play new games i was just sitting there playing destiny 2 all day i was trying to test out some of my um headsets i had around here because uh uh, my uh headset that i've been using almost exclusively for like the last three to four years and my uh, skull candy player ones are starting to crap out on me and so of course i have uh, other headsets that i could use like the playstation golds which are pretty good on there but uh, i'm just was looking for a better solution for me to play um, stuff when i'm playing you know by myself on there as far as so I, I love surround sound I, i'm a bit of a headphone enthusiast that's the reason why i, I get extra headphones just lying around too and so um i'll be probably picking up a, a new headset uh, coming soon i'm doing a little research i'm kind of interested in the hyper x headsets on there so, so i'm kind of looking t- uh towards that direction on there um not a hero seems like it's cool so far like i've described it before um if i haven't talked about it is a uh, um 
sh- shooter, but in the way that like elevator action or rolling thunder is a shooter on there, you're basically just going and trying to conquer a map very quickly on there, reach your objectives. And, um, you're basically fighting for this guy named bunny Lord that is running for mayor in some British town on there, which, you know, he's going to fight crime by actually becoming a criminal himself and having you do his dirty work and kill all the criminals so he could get elected. So, <laughs> So it sounds almost almost true to life to our current administration. <laughs> wow. God forbid. Although, I don't know. So. I, I've seen some hush money passed out to porn stars, but I don't think we've seen the body star stacking no, up yet. No, no, no body. No <laughs> if they made a, a side-scrolling game about money laundering and Russians, then maybe. <laughs> but, Yeah. But not a hero is still good. Um, it should be of all be in your PSN backlogs because it was a PS Plus game uh, sometime last year on there. So, I have on it. that, yeah. And also, uh, still playing Dragon Quest Eight, and you know I'm off of work till Tuesday, and so I am going to dedicate one of my days off here to kind of push the uh, um, game forward a little bit because playing in little chunks at work um, I'll be dabbling in this thing until 2020 if I'm going at the rate I'm going on there. I gotta find more time to fit other consoles and other games in uh, when I'm home on there so and I am going to make a concerted effort uh, to spread the wealth a little bit um, really interested in checking out Assassin's Creed Origins. I think I'm gonna try to make that uh, my single player uh, game of choice on there, and then obviously when Monster Hunter comes out, everything will be destroyed. But we'll have to see. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been my week. How about Kevin? How how you been up to this week? What you been playing? Well, I've been playing at work. Uh, it's been all about Project X Zone Two, and this is a um, obvious because in two that means that there was a one. And when the first game came out, I always was very interested in checking it out. It is kind of like a uh, it's a role playing game, a very light RT with RTS type game where you move around the grid and your attacks have certain ranges. Very very light on the RTS stuff, but the combat is really interesting. It's a lot of it, at least in X Zone Two. A lot of it revolves around keeping your enemy juggled. So if you can keep your enemy juggled with a number of different uh, attacks, and this is all turn-based, you do more damage. And the unique thing about the Project X-Zone games is that it is a, a smorgasbord of Capcom and Namco Bandai uh, licensed characters all in one crazy, ridiculous, uh, make-no-sense role-playing game. <laughs> and I, I'm assu- it was the case for the first one and is definitely the case of the second. Uh, you've got, I've got uh, Chris and Jill from the Resident Evil series teamed up with Morgan and Dimitri from Darkstalkers. <laughs> <laughs> fighting against M. Bison and Jury, you know, from Street Fighter. It, it's crazy. You know, time time warps, dimensional uh, travel, some unknown uh, 
force is sending these golden chains to all these multiple worlds and multiple times. Uh, and all these different characters are, are thrown together in a story that makes absolutely no sense to try and figure out what's going on. But the combat is really fun. And the neat thing about uh, the neat thing about why it's work playable is that your battles don't take uh, typically don't take more than maybe about 10, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes at the most if you're fighting a boss with a lot of minions on the screen. So each level is divided into like really small bite-sized chunks that makes it really cool to play at work, it, it, at least for me. So that is my go-to at work. But at home, I've been playing Mafia 3. Uh, the only unfortunate thing with Mafia 3 is that my save may have been corrupted because I I it, I fought, I killed the same main character boss, not, not the final boss, but one of the main character bosses twice and i have no idea how that happened <laughs> but uh i think something kind of funky happened with my save i'm going to have to go back and look into it if if indeed my save did get corrupted i'm not going to start this game over again it's just i've been enjoy i've enjoyed it it's fun um I think uh, the folks there, uh, oh, Mafia 3 was developed by, uh, what's the name of the studio that did it? Um, uh, quick, quick research. It was developed by... Um, Hangar 13, Hangar 13, um, and published by 2K Games. Um, I think they might have bit off a little bit more than they could chew with what they were trying to do with this game, uh, which was probably make it more along the lines of a Grand Theft Auto, uh, Grand, Grand Theft Auto 5, and certain things that take place in the game, the certain equipment that you get, uh, as your main character, literally break the game uh, for your in your favor, but still, um, there are some some gaping flaws with the gameplay. Uh, and uh, if my save is indeed corrupted, I, I'm not going to go back. But if it hasn't, I'll I'll, I'll definitely want to finish the story because the story truly is the most compelling aspect of this game. Um, even with a lot of the mechanics in the gameplay um, lacking a little bit. But been enjoying that game. And uh, also, typically, what I, I like to end my evenings uh, when I'm playing with everybody's golf. Um, if you're not playing, if you like arcade golf games, um not that there's a whole lot to choose from out there. I, I think there's uh, golf stories I've heard is pretty good. With a, it's got a heavy uh, RPG elements to it. But everybody's golf, Hot Shots golf. If you're uh, coming from the PSP, PS Vita 
uh, and even the PS3 side of things. Um, this game is so much fun. Um, I'll 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 sit back and I'll do a, a an eighteen hole course, and it, it's just it's just relaxing. Um, I have as to you agree. Get, yeah, as you go through and get to the more advanced courses or do one of the the tournaments, you know things start getting a little more challenging. But you're never I'm I'm so far I'm not to the point where I'm. Oh, this is I can't you know I can't get any get get I keep getting bogeys and I lose and you know I can't get these uh, um, can't win a tournament or can't win can't win a hole I'm not I'm not at that point yet some of them some of the courses I played have been really challenging but challenging that the type of challenging that keeps you engrossed in the game and not I want to throw my hair out and pull my hair out and throw the controller type thing. Um, arcade silliness. Um, my character looks like Sammy Davis Jr. That was not purposeful. <laughs> that's just that's just the way it turned out. And uh, I am just having a blast. It is um, it is it is kind of like it is how I like to end my my evenings if I have a little bit of time to game before going to bed. And it's with everybody's golf. If you haven't played it, um, it's been on sale from different retailers. Like um, Redbox had it for super cheap uh, a while back. I don't know what the current price of it is now, but still super cheap. Still super cheap. Yes, it is definitely worth checking out if you've got a PlayStation Four. And that's pretty much what I have been playing. So we're going to slide into our news section, and uh, we're going to let you guys know what's going on, what's been going on there. So, Joe, why don't you hit the folks with some news nuggets, brother? Okay. This is all the news besides the Nintendo Direct that is coming hot and heavy this week on here. Kind of some stuff that caught my eye. The f first couple news stories are about, God forbid, controllers. Those wonderful things we hold in our hands and play these wonderful games. Um, the humongous original Xbox controller is finally... Uh, coming out on there. It's been talked about back and forth for a while on there. It's been kind of mentioned uh, that uh, the original Duke was going to be re-released for the Xbox One, and it finally has a release date. It's going to be out in the end of March for $69.99 from Hyperkin on their license uh, by Microsoft, of course, on there. So, and the updated Duke now includes some bumper buttons, so that can be compatible with PC and every version of the of the Xbox via a USB port. It does not have a memory card slot in the middle, but instead has a very Dreamcast-esque OLED screen in the middle of the controller, which plays the original console's boot-up sequence when pressed, and like <laughs> a little press-up uh, pop-up bu Xbox button in the middle of your controller. On that, so. But for those of you out there that have bigger hands, uh, pretty much uh, this might be something that you might be looking forward to. I, I never really liked the Duke myself, and so I always reverted to the Xbox One, Xbox S controller, Xbox One S. Every, you know, it doesn't roll off the tongue. No, Same yeah. Original Xbox S 
<laughs> controller on it. I'm getting myself confused. So, <laughs> so but it'll be out end of March uh, 69.99. Any thoughts, Kevin, about the Duke? Um, was not a fan of the Duke either. Um, I used it because that's what you had to use if you yeah <laughs> if you wanted to have the system and I fell in love with Ninja Gaiden or uh, Gaiden uh, so I it was a requirement but I'm I'll ride along with you the S type was infinitely better for me yeah in fact I ordered uh, S type from Japan even before it came out here because I just did not like the Duke at all. So mm -hmm. the Duke even though, was very problematic. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was okay. It's just the I like it being as big as it was, but it was the button placement that got me all out of whack. And maybe I just never gave it a fair shake. But uh, you know, uh, it's there for people that want it. So I'm curious to see how well it sells and see if there's nostalgia for it. Because you know, maybe that'll bring over some nostalgia for the some more original Xbox stuff. So. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the weird thing is that I have big hands and the Duke was, you know, supposedly very comfortable for people with big hands. I found that controller extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't um, care for it. I, I would get cramps in my um, I'm on my left wrist for some reason. Uh, during long play sessions, I am I'm, I'm in agreement with you that button placement, that diamond shape is too narrow and i was always pushing the wrong button you know in whatever game i was playing doing the wrong move or, or doing the wrong whatever i i did not like the button placement of the thing um aesthetically i think it's kind of neat that, that there's a little lcd thing that boots up the original xbox uh graphic i think that's cool it's all that's almost worth <laughs> having it in in your collection just just for that yeah but uh i would have been i would have been chomping at the bit for uh for an s um so but yeah i think i'm gonna pass on the duke yeah now other news though um hori is launching another playstation 4 controller onyx which comes out the uh, middle of this month on there. It should be out next week, January 15th at select retailers, of course. And on I know there. you love and your it, controllers, my friend. Oh, you know it, man. Just like gaming headsets, just long with accessories, gaming controllers are kind of in my blood. And so what's unique about this one is that the Onyx controller uh, is going to feature asymmetrical uh, analog sticks. So it's in the, like the Xbox configuration versus the DualShock uh, configuration on there so it also supports as a touchpad of course dual vibration on there um, only downside that does not include a USB charging cable in the package they're assumed that you already have one on there also does not look like there is a placement for any sort of um, controller jack on the bottom of it so on that, but uh, I kind of like the look of the controller. It's kind of similar to the uh, Fighting Commander a little bit, as far as the um, placement of the buttons, that kind of thing. It's not in like a, um, you know, like a six buttons, you know, three buttons on top, three buttons on bottom. It's, it looks like a typical DualShock on there. It just happens to feature asymmetrical 
um, analog sticks on there. So on there. So I'm kind of curious about this thing. I don't know. Maybe we want to extend this out to you guys. How much do you really care for third-party controllers versus first-party controllers, or do you always stick to the, um, you know, the manufacturer controller like the DualShock 4 or the Xbox controller? Do, do you have any sort of uh, positives or negatives towards any uh, third-party controllers out there? I personally have never thought of it <laughs> until I decided I needed to get one for the switch because i didn't like the 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 stock ones that they had i mean it's yeah. something that never really crosses my mind i will play with the controller until it breaks in my hands you know <laughs> i don't generally you know put much stock into it but not as much as you do but um yeah but it's something that just but again you know this is your passion and so i'm not definitely not surprised but but for me Nah, I, I usually stick to the stock ones. I mean, it, it does get annoying when I have to buy one for like a two-player game, but you know. Um, but other than that, like, so sometimes I'll, uh, if I'm forced to buy one, I'll generally just get a just get a, no, a normal. Not I mean a normal, but like just just like a, a stock, you know, a controller, most likely on sale. Um, well, yeah, most likely on sale, um, and it'll be just a normal Sony controller, unless. You, you know, come at me with a really great, you know, like, you know, hey, this one's really great. You should try this one if you're looking for a controller. Then I'll definitely, you know, uh, probably just go with what you suggest because I trust your judgment. So that's kind of uh, how I am with it. I kind of like wire controllers, too. Like I've had uh, good experiences getting like Corey um, branded like stuff. I don't um, like wire controllers. I just don't like it. I think we're we are. <laughs> We are, we are at that age in technology where, where nothing really needs to be wired. I don't know. I just maybe maybe I'm wrong or I'm biased, but I just I just don't like wired controllers. You know, now if it was like you know a million feet long in a giant you know you know <laughs> spool in front of me, well then there you go because I can walk around the house with it. But it's it's just silly stuff like that. But you know I never really yeah. think about wired controllers. It just seems like there's something archaic about it maybe that's just again that's just my bias about it you know and, and it, in the comments please let me know like you know you know if, if if i'm wrong or 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 which or which um wired controllers you guys like you know because you guys are definitely you know in the know so let me know kevin what do you, you think kevin uh <clears throat> for me i've i've never had a problem with third-party controllers uh, typically, my purchasing of them revolved around fighting games. So if there was a pad or a obviously arcade stick, but for my pads, um, thinking back over some other systems that I've owned, there were some Hori fighting pads that I had for Dreamcast that were really good. Uh, and the, the whole focus of it is that digital pad. It, for me, it's not it's not the 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 analog sticks at all uh, that are the, that would be a consideration for me. It would be that digital pad. And right now, um, the the DualShock 4's digital pad is pretty good for fighting games. Even though I'm typically not a pad player, so my interest in this particular product would have to be. Uh, focused around its its digital pad because um, having talking to having talked with a couple of people, uh, including my uh, cousin law, 
who is a, a fighting game, a pro fighting game player. He is all about the pad, and we talked uh, a little bit uh, at the first of the year uh, about the the benefits and the aspects of playing on a pad. So I might try and give pad play another shot. <clears throat> so if I were to get something like this, it would be for specifically for fighting games. So... Uh, but other than that, um, gosh, I can remember getting, uh, like those mad cats controllers for the original PlayStation. I made that mistake once, <laughs> uh, Never again. and only once. <laughs> I actually like my mad cats, uh, PS one controller. I thought the D pad was pretty badass. So, yeah, I, I, I found the D pad way too loose. Like way too loose. If I was playing a uh, uh, Street Fighter EX and I wanted to do an uppercut, I would be doing the uppercut motion and I throw a fireball. If I'm trying to throw a fireball, I wind up doing an uppercut motion. I I could not stand that that uh, pad that they had on that thing. Yeah, um, that was it was it was too loose and usually. Uh, for pads, at least in my experience, is uh, playing fighting games with trying to play fighting games with them, they're uh, too tight, too wound. Uh, diagonal motions are have been typically been very difficult with them. But that particular Mad Cats one for the original PlayStation, I found it to be way too loose, and it was running into the, the same situation, uh, just on the opposite end of the spectrum. So. And other controller news this week, too. <laughs> this is just controller news galore on here. Um, CES just happened last week, and a company called Retrobit announced a agreement that they had with Sega like maybe about maybe six, eight weeks ago. And so they finally got the show uh, their uh, renditions off on there. And so they got Bluetooth versions of controllers in the past from the Sega back catalog, including the uh, Genesis 6 button pad on there. Um, they also have a, a wired version of the Sega Saturn pad, uh, looks like here. Um, and also as well, uh, a Dreamcast Bluetooth controller as well on there for both USB and Bluetooth on there. So looks like they also have a, and bringing out some Dreamcast accessories, including a VGA box on there, which I, you know, my VGA box doesn't work anymore. So as long as that thing works, I might have to bust that up and hook that up to my computer monitor. So, but, um, looking at these controllers that are getting announced or re-released, I know that Dreamcast controller, I do not want to go back to that thing. That thing was good at its time, but, <laughs> uh, for it being an analog controller, I don't, I don't think I want to go back to the Dreamcast pad, but, uh, the original um, Genesis six button pad and the uh, Saturn six button pad, I I I those are two of the like best, uh, in my opinion, controllers for fighting games ever. On there, I don't know. Can I get your guys' take on it as well? I think Kevin would be able to speak more about it because you know you guys are definitely more, you know, uh, fighting game aficionados than than I am. So. Uh... I would agree with the Saturn pad absolutely 110%. The Saturn pad was magic f 
for fighting games, uh, particularly too well. I didn't play too many. I didn't play the any of the Virtua games on the Saturn. So all my experience with it was the uh, the two D, and it was magic. It was absolute magic. I did not miss. That is the only pad that does not make me miss uh, not using a stick. So I'm really, this is the first I'm hearing about this announcement. So the moment those Saturn pads are available, um, I'm going to definitely want to get one, maybe two, depending on how much they cost. Um, because, yeah, the Saturn pad is is fantastic. Well, I mean, the Saturn was a 2D machine. It yeah. was a 2D monster. and. That control that that controller was designed for 2D games specifically, and it was joy, <laughs> absolute joy to use. Yeah, cool thing about this announcement too is that the Dreamcast controller it will actually introduce wireless controller to the actual Dreamcast itself. So just in case if you want to use the Dreamcast controller on your Dreamcast, you could still do that on there. So I thought that was a nice touch as well on there so but uh, i'm a big sega saturn uh controller fan in fact i bought um sega saturn um pads for the ps2 which i'm going to be using on the ps4 via uh, uh converter i bought at the uh, playstation experience uh, when we're at the uh, fighting game tournament section it's, it's a brook controller Brooks, yeah, yeah i Brooks. have one too they they work great they work yeah. great so that's what it. I would be using the, on my on this Saturn pad. Um, yeah, because I, I have both a Sega Saturn pad for my PS2 and also a, a Neo Geo uh, pad as well with the clicky uh, analog stick. So I'm uh, looking forward to busting both of those out and checking those out. So, so all your peripheral news here, hot and heavy on the Gaming Vessels podcast, of course. So. All right, and in other news this week uh, that are not controller-related, <laughs> um, Bungie announced a big update on there as far as what they're looking forward to do with Destiny for 2018 on there. Uh, game director Christopher Barrett laid out a timeline where the team is headed for this upcoming year on there. Uh, the, basically, they made distinctions as far as what's going on with the uh, everything with the game, um, expansion, seasons, and the Eververse on there so basically uh bungie specifically addressed the eververse and how they recognize that quote unquote that these scales are tipped too far towards the microtransaction heavy market in the upcoming season season three uh bungie is shifting the balance and adding new rewards to activity versus bright ingrams along with that bungie plans on opening up more avenues to earn by bright ingrams through gameplay as well as direct purchase options and uh, RNG loot that hones in on the items you don't already own on there. But how will new Ingrams be dropping in events, you you ask? Uh, Bungie gave us a preview for how it will work in the Valentine's theme Crimson Days event, which is going to be starting on February 13th. 
And what they stated is that completing Nightfall Raid and Crimson Day milestones during Crimson Days will reward you with exclusive legendary emotes, weapon skins, and exotic sparrows. Uh, players will earn double engrams that level up one Crimson Engram and one Illuminated Engram for the duration of the event. On there, Crimson Engrams will also drop by completing Crimson Days match and by completing the Crimson Days milestone on each character. Each Crimson Engram is very strongly weighted to new rewards when decrypted until all new event items have been obtained. So they're trying to make it so that the system does recognize what you picked up so far and that way you're not like, you know, breaking down, picking up uh, six of the same item once you uh, get rewards that are dropped down on there. They also stated that Iron Banner and Faction Rallies uh, we'll be back uh, beginning with Faction Rallies on January 16th and Iron Banner beginning on January 30th on there. So, Also, um, they said that they're still looking at the change of XP rates on there. Um, they're looking to strike a balance to make grinding high-level activities rewarding while not overly penalizing the lower-level activities on there. Um, they will continue to update as they move forward. On there, they also had some timelines also as well uh, for the spring 2018 and fall 2018 updates. Uh, one thing that they're going to be bringing back is um, bringing back six versus six Crucible on that. Um, they're going to be re-ranking Crucible and they're going to be bringing back private matches as well on there. So uh, also... <laughs> To add to everything in the mix to get people interested in the game again, uh, January 30th will bring a Masterwork Armor attribute on there. So now that you have Masterwork Weapons, you have Masterwork Armor on there. Masterwork Armor is going to provide an increased damage reduction while using your super on there, you could reroll the armor stat type on Masterwork Armor and similar to Masterwork Weapons. Upgrade the piece of armor to Masterwork by spending Masterwork Cores and Legendary Shards on there. So they're also going to be bringing out Strike Scoring in February on that. It's going to be replacing the current time limit mechanic for the Nightfall. The Nightfall is done as far as uh, time limit. I hated the Nightfall time limit the mechanic. I don't know about you uh, guys. Agreed. But, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So the strike scoring is similar to the Destiny 1 system, but with some adjustments to, uh, adjustments to emphasize competitive execution of strike objectives and support for player-selectable score modifiers on there. So so in February, high, uh, Nightfall high scores will be exposed in-game via new emblems and will un unlock rewards on there. There's also plans for clan and community high scores in the works as well. So, And also they're going to be working on reworking all of the armor and weapon mods. Uh, they'll be focusing on reducing redundant mods, more unique theming, and greatly increasing their impact on your power on there. Um, I would say this is another needed thing because I look at my mods and I got a bunch of blue mods and I'm not going to use any blue mods. I don't care about the blue mods. You know, so um, we'll have to see how that's going to go. Not um, even for your cuboid? Not even for my cuboid. Yeah, I actually boost up my cuboid with the purple mod. So, you know, you know, I, even though I go back and forth on it, yeah, as soon as I am able to get the extra five light level on my cuboid, bust that thing up. So, <laughs> on there. So, they're also planning on adding 
text chat to the tower for the PC version of the game. Um, they're also going to be implementing in February exotic repetition reduction. This will prevent players from receiving the same exotic twice in a row on there. You still may receive duplicates, but not consecutively. So God forbid <laughs> that you get one right in a row after another if you have a couple of exotic engrams, but that does not mean you will not receive duplicates still on there I, what what do you guys think about that it's like ha 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 destiny ha 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 it's fantastic <laughs> it's about time well the, basically what that means is that you won't get the same one twice in a row but you still will get duplicates so mm. no yeah. i mean there i'm still looking for around. my jade rabbit i ain't found that at nowhere no hide nor hair of the jade rabbit did you um have you been buying the exotic engrams from um from the uh Zer? Zur, yeah. I have not. Okay, because every f- time Zur comes around, you're able to buy a new exotic engram, and it's guaranteed not to be anything that you owned in the past. Oh, okay. Didn't yeah. That. Right. It only costs, I think, what, 95 shards, I believe, legendary shards. So okay. it's a little pricey. I got a grip of shards. So. Yeah, I just got the Jade Rabbit yesterday in a uh, drop from Zur, actually, so. Okay. It's one of the ones I'd never have owned either on there, so so definitely take a look at that. Uh, but uh, spring 2018 brings the change to the crucible, so there's going to be new crucible uh, rankings on there. It's going to be Valor, which is a progression rank that goes up as it complete matches on there, and then Glory, a progression rank that goes up and down when you win or lose on there. And so those are two new ranks on there that's going to be added uh, to your uh, score on there. And spring 2018 is also when they're going to bring private matches to Destiny 2, 6v6. Uh, Mayhem will return in spring 2018 uh, and from season three and, and going on forward on there. Um, they're also going to be working on weapon and ability uh, balance passes, exotic weapon and armor balance passes. Uh, seasonal reputation with vendors will have a, a specific vendors will now display a seasonal ranking on there so you're able to rank up uh, your particular vendors at the beginning of, the, of each season on there so so lots of stuff that they're kind of laying out also saying that they're going to um, targeting an additional 50 slots for player vaults in spring of 2018 as well so on there. So what you guys is feeling on all these changes for the better, right? I'm assuming so. Yeah. 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 I think they're for the better. I think they're trying to keep people now that a lot of people are in that in game zone. Yeah. You know, they're trying to keep people still involved, still engrossed. You know, those folks that, you know, like like Des has mentioned before, those folks that aren't YouTube streamers and, you know, running raids every day with, with their, uh, listenership. Um, they got to try and keep us involved. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, you know, will it, will it work? Um, I think, I think we'll just have to wait and see how all this stuff actually pans out in the, in the real game. But, um, you know, I think they're trying you know they're they're trying to keep us involved and in growth so yeah and we'll we still see. have that other dlc coming uh in in um i can't remember the name of it now but we still got that other is part of the season pass we still got that coming too 
yeah. Yeah, I know the rumor. They haven't really formally announced it, but the, it's based on Mars. I forgot what the subtitle was, though, off the top of my head. So I want to say Curse of Mars, but you know, obviously it's not that. So. Isn't that a James? <laughs> is, isn't that a James Cameron movie or something? Or? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and Will Ice here? Cube be a playable guardian? Right. <laughs> well, that was Ghost of Mars. Ghost Sorry. of Mars. Yeah. That was Ghost of Mars. The Ice Cube. The Ice Cube yeah. was the one that got me. I was like, oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be badass if there's a guardian and then basically it's Ice Cube and he's on Mars? <laughs> that would be dope. Sure. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it, you know. But. Is this is something that maybe will get you back into the D two mix, Desmond, or are you just that ship has sailed? I I, I never like to say never. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes I, re- I I get the itch and I wanna and I wanna play it again. It's just I don't know. Just it, it just seems like this was very lacking, you know, in in what in in what the original you know D one was. So I don't know. So. Yeah, I, I could definitely um, understand your opinion. I think it is in a way lacking compared to D1 as well. So, because uh, yeah. say what you will about Destiny 1, I mean, we had a lot more activities to do. And uh, oh, granted, I mean, we're at the point in D2, I think me and Kevin were, we're getting the same armor, getting the same drops. Even with the expansion, some of the new weapons and armor, I mean, they're interesting, but at the same time, it's like. Uh, I want to kind of take a step back too on there. I keep saying that, but then, uh, you know, as soon as that this podcast is over, I'll probably go play like two hours of crucible or something. Cause that's just how I roll, you know? So, but well, you like it. I like it. Yeah. So Nothing wrong with that. Gotcha. Play what you like. You got it. Okay. And a couple more news stories this week to kind of t- top off the news. Detective Pikachu is coming his way to the West in March on there. The um, Pokemon company revealed earlier, earlier in the week that Detective Pikachu will be coming West on March 23rd of 2018 on there. Um, if you haven't heard what this game is about, basically is that you play the role of young Tim Goodman and you have a Pikachu that talks to you and he actually investigates cases with you. So, and he happens to have a gruff voice kind of like, you know, the early, Earlier when this game was unveiled in Japan, there was an online petition to have Danny DeVito voice the uh, uh, <laughs> Detective Pikachu, which unfortunately... That would have been amazing. Yes. That would have been amazing. Yeah. So, but there's a trailer out with the t- you're talking Detective Pikachu on there, and he does have, hey, it sounds like Columbo or something, you know. He actually sounds like an old gruff white guy, basically, so... <laughs> You know, if never you, would have if, thought that. If you want your Pikachu, talking Pikachu companion, your detective Pikachu companion to sound like Kojak or Columbo, Kojak. Yeah, I'm dating myself <laughs> right now. Hey, Kojak, what's wrong with you? Yes. Put, put a uh, lollipop in Pikachu's mouth. Yeah. He's already bald, too. So, hey, it makes it up. But he's, what's different <laughs> in the, that Pikachu is that he's wearing like a Sherlock Holmes type of. Uh, a hat yeah, cap, along yeah. with a magnifying glass because he's a detective. He rolls around with a magnifying glass. So I'd want him to sound like Rockford. Well, <laughs> Rockford file. Doesn't have like an English accent or something. You know, it's just like bonus points if you were if you're old enough to remember that show, folks. Hell, Barnaby Jones. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
Um, you know, I also forget that there's more than one Pikachu. Because the only one I'm familiar with is Pika Pika, Pika Pika. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, that's right. There's more than he's not the only Pika Pikachu out there. So we always oh. associate him with Ash's uh, uh, Pokemon. Yeah, well, that's about, the primary Pokemon. But weren't they talking about the movie also was going to the the the, the Detective Pikachu movie, like Ryan Reynolds or some something was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a separate. Yeah, that's a separate uh, thing, and it's just like so silly. There's like so many different Pikachu Pokemon type things going on right now. It's just like okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, sure, there whatever. there is a live action Detective Pikachu movie in development right now, and Ryan Ryan Reynolds, the voice of Deadpool and actor Dejor, is going to be the voice of Pikachu in that movie. So I just thought that was just uh, so silly. It's like okay. <laughs> it's like whatever, <laughs> whatever. And also, they're going to release an amiibo for Detective Pikachu as well. Sure. And the, the amiibo that's going to come out for the game, it's twice the size of a normal amiibo. It's going to retail for a hot twenty nine ninety nine. So you want a jumbo size Detective Pikachu? Let's do it in your home that will interact with your three DS game. Oh, Guess what? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You know, why not? (laughs) Sure. The the normal um, Pikachu um, amiibo only is as high as seven centimeters. The um, Detective Pikachu is almost 14 centimeters. It's almost twice the size. (laughs) That's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. And because my wife is a Pikachu fanatic, I will be looking forward to both the Detective Pikachu 3DS game and the Detective Pikachu Amiibo <laughs> coming out on March 23rd. So <laughs> on that. Well, you found it here. Here to hear first, folks. <laughs> Hell, my wife has a Pikachu tattoo. You know, enough said. That's so. awesome. I know. Human choice is awesome, right? okay all right and then a couple more news stories to go assassin's creed rogue got uh, announced for ps4 and xbox one it'll be out in march on there no dollar retail price on that as of yet but it's going scheduled for march 20th 2018 the game will include the base game and all of the DLC that was released for the game, including the armor of Sir Gun and the Siege of Port de Sable bonus missions, as well as the Master Templar and Explorer packs on there. Uh, it's going to support both PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One. will run in 4K resolution on those systems. This game will also be re-released in the remastered version for PC as well on there so take a look at that i know this is the one assassin's creed that everyone wanted to play but didn't get a chance to because it was on prior gen systems on there so um it also features a lot of the uh, ship combat from assassin's creed black flag on that so uh, i know you told me your thoughts already yesterday kevin but you want to repeat them uh what you feel and probably something you're not going to get to right away right no, it it probably won't be like I haven't even started Origins yet. Um, I like the I, I like Rogue because from what I've heard, it plays a lot like Black Flag, and uh, at this point, Black Flag is my favorite of the Assassin's Creed series. 
So that's good. I enjoyed the ship battles. I think that they're the ship battles return in Rogue. So that's exciting to know. Um, uh, be able to have that uh, at least until uh, Skull and Bones drops. But the the plate. The plate for 2018 is already starting to get crowded um, just in this, this beginning part of the year. So um, it's going to be, I'm thinking it's probably going to be one of those Black Friday 2018 acquisitions for me because um, I'm going to have a lot on my plate. I want to play it. Because uh, I do like Assassin's Creed as my favorite adventure game series, as I've said many times before, but I just don't know when I'm going to be able to to carve out some time to play that and complete it. And uh, Desmond, you're a negatory on the Black Flag, so uh, not necessarily. You know, uh, what is this? This is Rogue we're talking about, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I might. I mean, I was looking at some of the uh, some of the stuff for it, and, it, and it looks fun. I mean, I think that might be a game that that didn't really. Um, what was it? It didn't really. Um, what's the word? Uh, it kind of went under the radar because uh, because the was the Black Flag came out right after that, and everyone no no Black Flag was the first one right, and then then it was then then Rogue, and then there was the the one that came after it. And I guess that was the one that everyone kind of gravitated towards, and so this one really, uh, for whatever reason, got got kind of uh, cut under, shut under the radar, uh, a little under the radar. So um, I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm thinking about it. I think it would be fun. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's give it a try. So I'll definitely play it at your house and see that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what if I don't buy it right away, man? What's uh, going to happen then? Well, then I'll wait and pick it up on a sale because you know, you know, you'll be like, "Hey, you know, this is on sale, right?" And I'll be like, "Hey, okay, that sounds great." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's kind of how we roll, right? All right, good deal. And then, last but not least, got some news about a. Uh, some arcade mini cabinets coming out. This is also announced at CES. Uh, Bandai Namco and My Arcade have teamed up to produce a new line of collectible tabletop arcade machines and portable handhelds on there. Uh, the initial lineup of mini arcade cabinets will include games like Pac-Man, Galaga, and Dig Dug. Uh, the actual cabinet itself is a My Arcade design, the microplayer, which features artwork inspired by the original arcade cabinets. Fans can also expect the players to have full-color displays, backlit coin traps, and even a removable joystick to those who prefer uh, directional pad movement on there. I'm not sure how big these things are, but it looks like big enough to actually play the game on a little screen on there. I thought that was kind of unique as far as what they got going on there. They also have a handheld Pac-Man game also coming out as well on that so we'll have to see what these retail for kind of brings back um actually they're going to be retailing for 35 bucks and up on there so um any thoughts you guys i know and kevin i know you want to make a mention of it since the old school coleco cabinets back in the day kind of bring back those memories of the these on that so yeah, um, <clears throat> I never had one. I always wanted to get them, but uh, Coleco had a line of mini arcade cabinets. I guess you could say they probably were 
maybe if you took two Coke cans and put them on top of each other, they are probably stood about that high, maybe a little bit taller. Um, but they had Pac-Man, Galaga, and I want to say there was a Zaxxon one, but I might be wrong on that. But those were like, I always thought those were so cool because I was an arcade rat uh, as a kid and the idea of having a mini arcade <laughs> and having those games uh, uh, being able to go play it, take them on the go. Now, they were not arcade perfect. They were more like the uh, color versions of uh, those uh, tiger, those tiger games that you played on your watch. Those tiger watch games, you know, were liquid crystal movement and all that stuff. Uh, so they were not arcade exact ports, but these uh, look like they will be. And uh, the company that they're teamed up with is a company out of Southern California, Southern California called My Arcade, and they do these kind of one-off uh, mini arcade cabinets. In fact, they're the ones that are they have that have designed the actual. Uh, unit that's going to be um they're teamed up with Nam namco bank died to bring these out and i guess my arcade has a license with uh, data east because they have on their mini arcades they have a uh, a few of the data east old school arcade games like you can get burger time uh, bad dudes, which I'm seriously thinking about getting <laughs> at their webpage right so bad. now. <laughs> yes, uh, Karate Champ, and they also have one called the Retro Machine X. All of these units are around thirty bucks each. Um, they also have this company is really interesting because they also have uh, third-party controllers for the Nintendo Classic systems. The uh, the 16-bit and the 8-bit, some are wired, some are wireless. They also have um, portable gaming units. They say that they have 200, quote-unquote, games that are on some of these units. My guess is that these could probably be hacked to put uh, ROMs on, Um uh, I would just guess, but many of them have Data East games already preloaded because obviously they have some sort of a agreement with that company to put these uh, to put their arcade titles out. Um, and all of their stuff is rough is in the thirty to forty dollar range, which is pretty cool. Um, so a lot sometimes uh, these retro inspired gadgets try to gouge you in the price department, but Nothing, none of their products seem overly overpriced to me. And uh, that's that's good. And uh, looks like they're going to be teaming up with uh, Namco Bandai to hopefully bring products like these out to a broader market. And uh, I think that's pretty exciting. Um, for me personally, I don't know, you know, that much about this. Um, I think it would be fun. Uh, to play those um, just don't know uh, mm. I kind of will probably defer to you guys and say like hey you know what are you guys are thinking about it because if you guys are really kind of cool with it then maybe I'll um, you know think about it a little bit more I'm not really sure you know 
this is a novelty thing. It's not yeah. really something because I mean, there's so many different ways you can play these old school games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a novelty, and for me, you know, growing up in the I'm an '80s kid. I'm a Gen Xer, and I lived in the arcade. You know, that's where that was like my second home because my parents were scared to death of me doing drugs. Yeah. So they funded mine too. They funded my addiction to games uh, wholeheartedly, and I took full advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have, but you know, it is what it is. So this stuff struck strikes a really strong nostalgia, hits that nostalgia bone solid for me. So I'm kind of all in on this um, just from the nostalgia, the the nostalgia aspect of it. Um, But, yeah, if you're interested in trying these old games, there's. Definitely uh, a way to 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 do it. Right. Kev. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much the way to go about it so i mean uh take a look at the old arcade machines and uh just the nostalgia playing with that old little cabinet um definitely brings out those retro vibes quote are unquote. you are you gonna get it joe oh no not at all no no i'm to me if i want to play uh any of these games i already have them on my ps4 ps3 already so i'm, I'm good to go i don't need to replicate it with a little mini cabinet so but but how is this any di- again I, I think kevin brought it up brought it up you know perfectly when this is like a a, a novelty or 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 one of those things that you know you can you can kind of you know look at it and say like I own this like so so how is this different than you know say the um, the 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 Nintendo you know Super Nintendo uh, with all the emulations so, and all the ROMs on those and like how well, how is me, that different? Uh, well, to me, it's like it's not a full size arcade cabinet. To me, it's a little mini arcade cabinet. So it's like it's more of a collector's item than something I would actually sit down and, and strain my eyes to play on this thing and play on the little joystick. I know the ones that Coleco brought out back in the day, back in the 1982-1983 range were a little bit bigger than the ones that are, uh, were shown at the uh, CES from my arcade. So I'll have to take a look at them and see what the actual size looks like. But, uh, you know, I I need to have only so much in my life to be able to play and to me the nes and super nes classics are cool because of the fact you hook them up to tvs and you play them just like you would normally have played them back in the day and to me like uh, i'm never going to replicate being back in like you know at chuck e cheese like 1982 and standing at miss pac-man or uh dig dug and that kind of thing those are like uh, the wild days from way back when on there so if i if i can't own an actual arcade cabinet it's like it's Oh, come on. Wouldn't so, it be fun to, like, you know, sit down on, like, a stool and try to, you know, <laughs> and try to play that thing? I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I know it's a mini a mini cabinet. I know that's part of that's part of the thing that you're trying to you're trying to, you know, I, I just think this is another another uh, another version of the of the, you know, NES, NES classic yeah. and the super like I, I think it's just another one of those. Uh, variations you know which which kind of makes me you know every so often really you know want uh a coleco type you know a a, a coleco version of it 
you know, yeah. or, or something like that. I know that, or a Sega version, a real, honest to God Sega version, and not the the crappy stuff that you can get now. But there might be something in the works. The same company that's bringing out those um, Dreamcast, Saturn, and uh, Genesis pads are supposedly might be working on some sort of retro system with Sega that is not like the current Genesis um, stuff that's in the market because the company that they have the license to now is pretty much considered as being horrible you know with you know i look at those things all the time at stores and that kind of thing and i don't even bat an eye because i know how horrible they are so i wish they would yeah treat them a little little bit more care on there i know the genesis clone system finally got to where they have um uh, be able to play over HDMI, but the implementation is really horrible from what uh, retro enthusiasts have been saying. So it's like uh, they'll have like all these cool Genesis games and then they'll have their ho- own homebrew games along in the mix just to pad the game amounts out. And it's not given the amount of care and love like the NES and Super NES classics have been. So that's why the Sega clone systems that are out now are kind of just. Ugh. As soon as that company loses the license or Sega decides to roll with a different company, you maybe see more interest towards that. Hell, I would love to see a, a Turbo Graphics Mini because a lot of those games are not accessible by people, and a lot of people don't even know uh, the PC Engine Turbo Graphics. So I'd love to see a, a mini classic system with all the games that you can hook up to your TV and play out of an HDMI. I think that would be awesome. So. Yeah. All right, uh, Joe, Kevin, was that our uh, was that our last news nugget? It's our last news nugget, yes. All right, folks, uh, thank you, Joe, for hitting us up with those news nuggets, and uh, we're going to go ahead and tell you how to, tell you a little bit about a contest that we've got going on. Uh, from our last episode, we asked you you all to send us your most anticipated titles for 2018 and uh we've got a contest going on basically uh, we're going to enter all of our entrants into a random number generator and the winner is going to get the opportunity to win a 60 dollar or 59.99 standard edition uh game of their choice uh for whatever system they owned also, you are also in the. Uh, you also have the chance to win a PUBG code. Um, I was able to acquire a uh, PUBG code uh, through some uh, transaction at my local GameStop, and they are kind enough to produce that for me. So you have your. You will have uh, two opportunities. There are two, two. You know, two things to win: a game of your choice and a PUBG. And the way you will be able to enter to enter that contest is you'll be able to send your top uh, most anticipated games to gamingvessels at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at gamingvessels on Twitter. You can also send those uh, those entries to us individually if you prefer. I am at shownuff 71 Dez is at Nemo Cub, N-E-M-O-C-U-B. Trader Joe is at Joe Fongul, that's J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. And, uh, and of course, as I, as I mentioned, our email is 
gamingvessels at gmail.com. So hit us up with your most anticipated titles of 2018. We will read them off in an upcoming episode and enter all of those entrants. And two lucky entrants are going, one is going to, is, are going to win a game of their choice and uh, a copy of PUBG, a downloadable code for PUBG. So as a, our way of saying thank you to our listeners, for those who've been supporting us uh, last year when we started up to now, <clears throat> So that's something that we're going to be look definitely going to be looking forward to. So I think with that, uh, we're going to bring season two, episode two, to a close. Uh, Joe Des, was there anything before we close out that you guys wanted to say? No, uh, no, not for me. Not I, I can't speak for Joe, but no, I'm I'm good. I'm good to go too. Uh, an enjoyable second uh, episode of season two on there. So I think uh, we covered it all and then some. So all right, awesome, awesome. Um, I will just go send a, send out a quick shout out. Uh, we had a game night this past Thursday. Uh, I want to send a special shout out to uh, Surging Fire and his wife Grace in your sight. Uh, had a great time playing with them, uh, not only just uh, uh, playing games, but kind of talking about life, uh, walking this Christian walk that we're doing. Uh, had a really neat opportunity to kind of share a little bit of uh, our testimonies with them. And I just wanted to send a special thank you and shout out uh, to them. Really enjoyed the conversation that we had uh, that was really awesome. So a special shout out to you too. Thank you so much for that discussion. And folks, we will be back next week, season two, episode three. Looking forward to it. <clears throat> I'm Sean F71. He is Des, aka the Bay Area Terror. And he is Joe Fongul, the food max of gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. Mm-hmm. And we will be back. Peace.